indeed now that is music to my ears and i have a funny feeling that a lot of union fans are just fired up to hear that again of course uh in a in a stadium setting number one but in general number two i'll take an mls philadelphia union orlando city game at 9 a.m again in the month of april right now. Sean Brace, Joe Tanzi, Union Soccer Podcast. It feels good to be back. I got the itch last week, Joe, so I texted you and said, we need to get together, man. But as I said, I I apologize for starting off on a bad foot here, but it's just the facts, the reality of where we're at right now. It kind of feels like we've hit the pause button, to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like we're just in a holding pattern, and that's just not with the Union, but with, with MLS in general. I mean, look, this this CBA deal is, is going to get done, I would think. They, they obviously can't, you know, they can't miss a season. Uh, why Why a- not? Why not? I want to stop you right there. Why not? Because from what I've read, again, nobody like you, Mr. MLS, nobody knows the league better than Joe Tanzi. I was joking saying that, but that's 100% truthful. Um, but the people, the, the other side of that argument, the devil's advocate, is that the owners, we're not getting fans back in the stands the way they want. So the owners are going mm-hmm. to take another hit in the pocket. So there, a lot of people are floating the idea out that the owners want to throw the season. Your thoughts is that on that is what? So uh, I do it based off of experience. It, obviously, you can't have a, a pandemic kind of experience, but uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I've been covering the league for way too long at this point. I want to say 13 or 14, and there have been two CBA negotiations in that time. And the first one was, I think, when uh, I forget what city they were in, but there were people, it might have been Chicago, where they were – stalking the hotels, uh, trying to get word with the MLSPA reps, and it went down to, like, the final, final window, and they got it done. Um, this past CBA, obviously, uh, there it was easier compared to that. But, look, I feel like this is all just kind of, I don't want to say empty threats, but uh, I'm not concerned. I could be naive and completely wrong when it comes to this, but um, there, there are a lot of talk on, on both sides to uh, put a lot of pressure on the other side. Yeah, uh, use you know certain parts, uh, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but this is this is kind of how it operates. Taking inside baseball, like they're going to use certain mouthpieces to to get their message out there. It's true. Uh, and and I think in the era of social media, it's even more amplified. I mean, we don't, we're not privy to the everyday behind the scenes. And I think it's just a, a major case of playing hardball. And the only reason I say that uh, I'm not concerned is because I've seen the hardball approach happen before. And I get it, it's a different situation. But uh, at least from what I've seen, the Players Association put in, put in a pretty decent counterproposal. Um, I think it's fair. And I think there will be a season. Uh, I mean, look, uh, MLS isn't the NFL or the NBA 
uh, if it goes away for a year, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like it's coming back right away with a wave of popularity. It's already second thought anyway. Uh, you don't want to lose any momentum anywhere. Uh, I get it. The fans and stands is something you have to figure out. The good news is it's outdoors. You're starting a month later. Hopefully the temperatures are a little warmer. Uh, maybe that helps. Um, yeah, you know, you're looking at, at little things at this point, but uh, by that point, more people be vaccinated. Uh, there's ways to do it. Uh, you know, certain teams had fans and stands last year when, when there was no vaccine. So uh, it's not going to be 100 percent, but um, I think there are creative ways to do more revenue. Okay. I mean, look what the NHL did. I and mean, the NHL relevancy is pretty pretty freaking low too. Hmm. And uh, they're they're selling sponsors on helmets. They're selling sponsors to their divisions. They're finding a way to get more money in. Uh, where there's a will, there's a way. Nice. Um, I think I know where you're going. You want Matt Real to shave Beambo in the back of his head. And I, for one, am okay with that. I, I like where you're thinking, Joe. I do. I think that's a great based idea. Off, based off the current players in the roster... Uh, Matt Real would probably be pretty high up on the power rankings. He might be number one of players that would actually do that. Yes, so. agreed, agreed. That's why it's my thought of it. All right, uh, look, I wanted to get into that. It's a shame that we started off with that, but that's what happens. You never know where we're going to go. And uh, I, but I, 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 that's obvious. That's number one. It's front and center because it comes into I mean, a lot of things. When there's, when there's no new signings to talk about, you're going to have to start there. There you go. Perfect segue. Oh, however, we are going to pause that conversation and bring some some sunshine to the conversation. And I'll tell you what. I love the new Philadelphia Union jerseys. Absolutely love them. Home run. Uh, I love the color scheme. Of course, there's a reason behind that. Um, I, You know, to, to me... The MLS has always dropped the ball with the whole same team. Every team wears like the same style, like the three stripes on the arm. And I understand why that happens, but allow these clubs to show some personality. And the Philadelphia Union kicked that door in today. Hands down, I was blown away by it. It wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting something a little bit more simpler, I guess, um, off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But you know what it reminds me of? And I hate this jersey. I can't stand yep. the Man U Zebra jersey. It's their third oh, third okay. jersey this year. I hate it. But you know what? It's interesting when they wear it on the pitch. It's fun. And the Philadelphia, I love. I think it looks great. And I'm a fan of it across the board. Is there? I mean, first of all, what's your thoughts on the jersey as it was just released this morning, Joe? I, I thought you were going to go with the Eagles route with the, the blue and yellow throwback from the 1930s. Yeah. Wore that one time. That's exactly what it reminds me of. Uh, and those jerseys were hideous. Yes, I hate uh, that one too as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. So, like, the color scheme is still, like, scarred in my brain that I had to watch the Eagles wear that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it's still something that they had to run through Adidas and, you know, the, the kit collective that they formed uh, give them credit for coming up with, with these designs. I think they had to submit them to Adidas. I think it was four. Uh, I was reading, and uh, you know they had four proofs of jerseys. And, and look, this one—it was the one that won out. And I mean, in terms of MLS jerseys, it's unique. It's different. And the one thing we've been begging for with MLS is unique and different. 
Um, I mean, you saw how many people complained about the all-white jerseys that released, I think it was two years ago. Um, I think that kind of spurred, that conversation kind of spurred this in the right direction with the union. And, you know, they took a, took a risk, and, you know, the, the group that they assembled came up with a, a pretty, pretty good look. Um, I'm not going to give it a 10. I think, I don't know, my first reaction was probably like a 6 or a 7 on a scale of 10. Um, I think the, in terms of the, the sponsor and, and the numbers in the back, uh, the color scheme may not be um, it may not be the best for that. You know, having the, the yellow um, sponsor on the front, maybe you know, maybe a darker outline on the Artisano, I think would have been. Uh, and this is me nitpicking, just little details. Sure, that's fine. I, but I think, but I think that would be you know decent because just having yellow lettering is it is what it is. But uh, the one thing the union have done in these past few years is they follow up on, on what they want to do and get fans more involved. Yes, they do. community more involved. Uh, it, it's a very stark contrast from the first six or seven years of this franchise where, uh, you know, I know a lot of people felt it was, uh, they came up a little empty. Uh, but credit in it, where it's due in these last few years, they have been able to do things that involve the community more, involve the fans more. Uh, you feel like it's much more of a fans club than it was when I first started on the beat when, you know, they're bringing out coffins for Nick Sakevich. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> I still compare it. I mean, it, Union, I think we're, we're moving on into Union like 2.5, 3.0 now, now that McKenzie and Aronson have been sold. But uh, Union 1.0 was a big dumpster fire. Union 2.0 put out the fire and then and rebuilt the frame around it. And uh, it's just bigger and better things. And I think they're doing it the right way. I think that, that has to be appreciated. Yeah, just a couple of things. First of all, the kit launch party is this evening, and that has something. that's something I've been hosting for the last two or three years. And Unfortunately, with everything that's going on, of course, uh, they don't really need me. Hopefully, that means I'm not going to be Wally Pip from here on out. But bottom line so, uh, is, so to tip you from there, no, no pun intended. Um, they're doing something with the media tonight, which I'll be down there for. Correct. We're recording on Wednesday. So yeah, I'll be down there uh, tonight. It's weird. I'm going to remember how I get to Chester. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever since I've been down there. Um, and then I think they're doing stuff sporadically throughout the. Uh, the next two weeks with fans. I nice. Think basically, what they're doing, basically what they're doing is like a a walk through um, the experience. The, the The press release I got said something along the lines of uh, an Instagrammable experience. Yeah. And very again, cool. Like they use they use a lot of buzzwords, so I'm sure it's something very um, fan friendly and something they can you know obviously take pictures of and you know we'll, you know we'll see what we get from it tonight. Um, it, it's, I want to see it in person to see if, you know, those, those little details that I just talked about are kind of, uh, either stand up more or, or really don't mean anything. Yep. 
No, PhiladelphiaUnion.com for all the details. They'll have everything there if you're listening to us now or later. Uh, and as Joe said, they're going to be doing stuff over uh, the, the next couple of weeks. So just check out all the details. Again, some of the details on the jersey, taking electricity of Subaru Park, wherever they go. Now, some people did point out the social media that it kind of reminds them of a white supremacy symbol. Of course, everything comes back to that. The OK symbol is white power, all that these days. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't see any connection to that. I think it's pretty cool with the union did it's lightning bolts on the whole jersey as a whole uh so that's pretty cool the reason why they did that taking the electricity of subaru park wherever we go embrace your colors it's the colors of jersey pennsylvania delaware energy and persistence conquer all uh kite and key the back tag design no explanation there just i I love the colors because that's it reminds me of sons of ben that's what it comes down to, and uh, I think they did a bang-up job. So very cool to see that. I just I'm, – I'm 99% sure that this is their design. Like I said, the biggest thing to me is the cookie-cutterism of the MLS. I don't want to see that. This is the Philadelphia Union's kit. Nobody touch it. Leave it alone. Hopefully that's the case. I know I've heard yes. All good then. Secondary kit for the Philadelphia Union. Cookie-cutterism of MLS. I like that. Well – we're, we're gonna have to trademark that, my friend. It 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 just you know what I mean. Like you get those new kits, and next thing you know, uh, RSL's got like a similar design. Like, wait a minute, come on, man. No, but it, I mean, it's it's so perfect though, because that is exactly what uh, the Adidas kits have been. It's been a standard template. Yep. So to see this be a departure from it. Now, look, I would hope that other clubs are able to do some variations of this moving forward. And I would love to see more color, uh, even if it they, they strike out on some of these things. I would love to see more color. I'd love to see more variation. Uh, it just gives them, you know, uh, more personality. And that's what MLS really is about. You know, there's a ton of personality. Make it unique. Make it your own. Don't make it, you know, anything, you know, that, that you know, standard that the, the major four leagues would do. Try and separate yourself, and, and MLS tries to do that as much as possible. And, and I think one way to do that is to have all these different jerseys, and I think that's why uh, especially the, you know, the last um, release of these away jerseys, that the, these white kits were just so bland and so boring. Um, you need more variety. You really do, because each club takes on its its own personality, and, and you want to see it more. I mean, will it get to the level of the, the city jerseys for the NBA? Probably not, but uh, I think you can find some balance between the boring white and yep. the, the really unique city jerseys that the NBA has. Agreed. All right, Joe Tanzi, Sean Brace here. Union Soccer Podcast, it feels good to get back after it. I know Joe and I need to do more on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. We will do so this year. Last year, we uh, really had to focus a lot of energy on the, what the gamble was putting out this year. Uh, let's 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 really focus on USP and bring it back to the people because, of course, now more than ever, um, podcasting. Everybody's got their phones in their hands, staying home. So uh, we really want to be there for all Union faithful this year. So we will do that. That's on me. I will. Uh, Joe will record at midnight, two a.m., five a.m. It doesn't matter. It's on me, and uh, I promise you that we will be a hell of a lot more active on the USP handles for this cup upcoming season. Also, with that, we are looking to possibly 
expand. So if you're listening to this right now and you'd like to be involved some way, somehow, we could always use some people behind the scenes. Not to say that there would never be an opportunity for you to hop on the mic, but uh, strength in numbers. So if there's ever anything that you would like to uh, possibly do or be involved on the Union Soccer Podcast, please feel free to hit me up. That's real easy to find me on social at Sean underscore Brace or at JTanzy90. We want to raise it up another level as we always do every single year. Uh, but last year it's going to be tough because we we became the flagship pregame show and essentially extra time show for this for the for the team. So I don't know how we could top that. Maybe maybe the MLS would bring us on, Joe. Who knows? Maybe that that could be so. Do you know? Do you got you got Don G's number? Can we call him up? Uh, I I could get ways there from past interviews I've done. All right, we'll hit up Don G. See if we can get in on the uh, MLS. I, I think. I think I'm pretty low on his priority list, though, right now. <laughs> yes, very very well said. All right, quickly on this, Joe, we got about five minutes left, so give me some quick answers here. I'm going to hit you off with a couple uh, speed balls here. First up, Philadelphia Union haven't signed anybody this offseason except for their homegrowns. Is that, and of course, Kai Wagner, and maybe I'm forgetting one or two other players, but new players. And uh, for last time we spoke, Ernst Tanner was floating out the idea of a left footed center back. Um, is that no longer the case, or is this something that we're waiting because of the CBA? Man, that's uh, not easy to answer in one fell soup, but here we go. So it's a combination of things. So the first. Um, yeah, the homegrowns are there. Kai Wagner and Jose Martinez are, are locked up for long-term futures. Uh, that that's a smart move. We know we know Kai was linked with European moves. Um, you know, you can say what you want about the playoff performance. Maybe he was thinking too much about moving to Europe. Uh, I think that's a fair question to to pose. But uh, you know, he's committed to the Philadelphia Union, so that's a, a very nice piece to have. The left-footed center back, uh, you know, we haven't heard anything otherwise. But, you know, they have to go after a center back with um, Mark McKenzie sold to, to Gank. So you have Glesnick and Elliott as your starters, but you're going to need it. it, it as we saw last year, you need three center backs to, to function, especially with Champions League starting a few days after the MLS season starts. You're going you're to need that rotation. So where do you step in there with, with that guy? So I would... I would assume that would still be on the way. I still think they needed an extra striker. Um, you know, you look at the the depth chart right now, and you say striker and, and a ten for sure, and then you kind of build from there. Uh, the money's there. We know what the reported fees are with Aronson and, and McKenzie. That's that's plenty of money to go out and, and spend in MLS. And then I think you, you have twofold right now, the, the, the CBA discussions and the uncertainty around that, and then the closure of the European transfer window so players can't move from club to club in Europe, but they can still move to MLS. So that, you know, the, the, the lack of possibilities for players to move also helps with your recruitment. So um, the one thing I will point out, though, is We've seen in previous years, French Tanner usually gets his business done early. He usually doesn't leave it this late. So uh, I feel like there's going to be a good reason for that. I would feel like uh, the uncertainties around the league, you're seeing these U.S. men's national team players go out on loan for a reason. Um, You know, there is, you know, there's some clear uncertainty about 
the, the CBI, I still think it'll get done. They can't afford to lose a season. But uh, I, I would think that, you know, the money is, is in the, the transfer funds now from uh, Aronson and McKenzie, and then there'll be more uh, in the future. I don't think that's the money. I don't think the money is the issue. I think it's just a matter of, of fine tuning the recruitment. And look, maybe they do have options lined up. They're just waiting for one or two things to drop. We obviously don't know because they keep things close to the vest. Um, but yeah, from everything that you know, I've been told this off season, they're going to improve the squad. But I do understand the frustration if uh, there's no results of it yet because. It is February 3rd. The season starts in exactly two months. Training camp starts in 19 days. Uh, I would think that, you know, if everything goes well, you're going to see these guys come back from Europe. Uh, they have to quarantine a little bit, have to go under, undergo testing, same thing as last year, and then get out in the field. And, and who knows what they're going to do for preseason because of you know, all these uh, quarantine rules of the virus. You, you know, you deal with the cold and, in in Philly for for six weeks, do you just train as is, or do you go to Florida like usual? That's also up in the air. Uh, we haven't heard haven't heard any plans on that. Jeez. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we get you know because these are all things you have to consider. A normal preseason, they're up at you know either the Sixers facility or the Penn Bubble for a week, and then they're gone to Florida for the majority of preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know with with the restrictions. Um, that becomes a little more difficult because you have to quarantine. You have to, you know, every state's got different rules. Obviously, Florida's probably a little looser, but uh, yeah, there, there's a lot to go into everything right now, and uh, it, it's unique. But eventually, they have to. They have a job to do, and uh, you would think that we're going to see something come down the pike, and in the next week or two. Uh, in terms of, of players, because we've got a jersey, we've got uh, announcements for Champions League for the when the season will start. The only thing missing now is additional players. Yeah, and the fact that we don't have to rename the stadium again for another year. I, now I can remember <laughs> Subaru Park. This is good. Like everything is working in the right direction, Joe. And we'll see. All right, here's the deal. Like I said, we're going to get after it a lot more for USP this upcoming season. I promise you that. So. Once again, we appreciate everybody tuning in, press and play, getting updated on everything Philadelphia Union right now. Uh, but we are still in football season. Let's not forget that. So after Super Bowl Sunday, I, f- I have a feeling that a lot more attention will start being spent on the MLS, on the Philadelphia Union. We'll start to see a lot of those conversations pop up, and uh, I don't want to miss those. So next week, we're going to record again after the Super Bowl. Joe and I will be back here in studio, and we're going to talk about Brendan Aronson in Europe right now. Mark McKenzie, update on what he's doing right now. Also talking about some of the young guns that the uh, that the Philadelphia Union have been floating out there. What can we expect from a guy, from a kid like Paxton Aronson, where uh, you know the other kids that are right next to him in those pictures, I, I don't know. So Joe is the guy, and I can't wait to hear all of those answers, including next week as well, Joe. I need to know what are realistic expectations for my guy Anthony Fontana. Don't tell me now. Don't tell me now. But have you have you fully converted to an, an honorary member of the the Fontana family, or are you Fontana? Watch out. That's all I know. That's all I know. The New Jersey will have Fontana on the back. I kid. I can't wear another man's nickname. But 
Anthony Fontana, uh, I'm expecting big things. Hopefully he's had a, a heck of an offseason. We need to get him on the podcast because uh, I think that would be a good little fun hit. So uh, a lot to do. Long way to go until we get our first crack at 90 minutes featuring the Philadelphia Union. I can't wait. But, Joe, before you get out of here, Super Bowl prediction. Who you got? Uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. <laughs> yes, he's talking about the Prop Bowl. Saturday night at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler. Streaming on the iHeartRadio app or check us out on socials. We're going to be going over all things Super Bowl 55 at 6 p.m. on Saturday night on The Gambler. Joe, always a pleasure to all the Philadelphia Union faithful. Remain calm. We got ourselves a great season in front of us. Let's go. We'll we'll talk to you next week.